This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. Hi, this is Marina Sirdis, Deanna Troy from Star Trek The Next Generation. You're listening to Trek FM. Theo Greyheart. Welcome to another cup of Earl Grey. I'm your host, Justin Ozer. Amy is away this week, but I'm joined today with Richard Marquez and Patrick Devlin. Richard, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you today? I'm doing great. Excited for us to do something we haven't done together before, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, Patrick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, any chance I get to be on uh, Earl Grey is a good day. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, you've been on Earl Grey before, but it's been when I've either haven't been here or been away, so it's great to have you here today. Um, enjoying listening to your new show, The Briar Patch. So congratulations on getting that started and all the episodes you have out for that. Awesome. Thank you. So before we get into the main topic, uh, I wanted to uh, just talk about a little feedback from the Babel Conference on, as of this recording, the previous episode, which is uh, number 201, which was our Halloween episode about scary scenes and episodes. Uh, Christopher Baca said, Night Terrors is really creepy, especially the scene in the morgue. It reminded me of a scene in the Buck Rogers episode Space Vampire, where they had a similar scene. And then he also went on to say, when Q Who first premiered, I found the whole premise of the Borg scary. And actually, Q, Richard, Q-Who was one that I was thinking about because when the Borg are first introduced, they're kind of terrifying, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, probably back in those days, yeah. I mean, probably nowadays, <laughs> not so much, com- considering what's on TV now. But yeah, uh, definitely, um, it was uh, a very scary uh, species to be introduced in that time frame, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, at the time, it seemed like there was no way you could possibly defeat them, so that made it kind of scary. Um, Well, Alex Post uh, said about the episode, I love the episode, very spooky listen for my commute. Crusher's morgue scene is in my top three, and the holodeck scene in Schisms is still terrifying to me. My number one is actually something I don't see mentioned often from Phantasms. It's when the crew starts investigating what's been going on, and Crusher discovers those creatures growing on the crew. They can only be seen with a special scanner, and she shows shows they've been growing on everyone. They look like little mouths all over the body, and even as an adult, I can't handle that scene. (laughs) That's a good point, because I think, Richard, those things are really kind of terrifying, and unfortunately, I picked the thing from Phantasms, the cake that you guys laughed at. Maybe if I would have chosen that one, you guys wouldn't have laughed. <laughs> I, well, yeah, yeah. It, well, even even just thinking about like microbes, you know, that are crawling all, all over us, and even today, it's like, or, or you know, obviously with everyone, it's that makes my skin crawl a little bit. Well, quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I I, I can sympathize with Alex. <laughs> yeah, that part's really creepy. Uh, one more comment. So from uh, Greg Mullenby, he said, I'm glad someone mentioned Eye of the Beholder. When Pierce says, you know what you have to do, I think I had dreams about that for a week. I would also add Dark Page to your lists. When Loxana screams, get out of here, I found that terrifying. Well, thank you everyone for your uh, contributions and comments on the Babel Conference uh, for that episode. And just you know, keep commenting for the different episodes that we put out there, and we might read your comments on the show. One other thing before we get started. Uh, so as I mentioned last week, we have a new iTunes contest uh, for uh, U.S. listeners. If you put a, rev- a star rating and written review uh, in the iTunes store, you have the possibility to win a great prize, which is the Art of Juan Ortiz book for the next generation. There's 178 
beautiful prints, one for each episode of The Next Generation. So uh, go ahead and uh, leave a review. Of course, you can always leave a, a star rating and written review in iTunes for Earl Grey. But if you are in the U.S., you'll have a special chance to win that wonderful book. All right, so for today's show, uh, we had received a suggestion from listener Sam Greenwood on Twitter, and that was to do a commentary of the sixth season episode, The Quality of Life. So first, thank you for the suggestion, Sam, because we're going to go ahead and do that commentary today. And of course, I'm joined uh, by Richard and Patrick to do that commentary. Um, and and basically, you can certainly watch along with the episode, but if you don't or you're not able to, to watch the episode um, as you're listening to this, that's fine. I do that all the time with the commentaries, and we'll try to, you know, keep you informed of all of the things that are that are going on within the episode. Um, but you know, we hope that you have a good time uh, listening to this. And if you're watching the episode, however you might be listening to it or, or watching it, whether it's on you know Netflix or CBS All Access or on a DVD or Blu-ray or however you might be uh, be watching the episode. All right, so. Uh, listeners, if you're ready, we're going to begin begin the commentary shortly in three, two, one, play. All right, so it opens with a shot of the Enterprise D, and they're playing poker. Go Always. figure. <laughs> I seem to play poker a lot. Yeah. I love game. this. That <laughs> I love this that they're talking about the beard and seeing uh, Jordy LaForge with the beard, which we saw once before in the Outcast. Um, I, you know, I have uh, a goatee, and I think you do as well, uh, Patrick. And just find this conversation pretty, pretty funny about about his beard, which actually Levar, the actor Lavar Burton, was uh, growing here because he wanted to have that for his wedding for whatever reason. So he got the permission to do it for one episode interesting i didn't i didn't know that little fact what i like no, about it did i yeah what i like about it is I, I actually see myself in this scene because i have a beard literally because i just hate shaving it has mm. nothing to do with courage or anything else they talk about i, I just really don't like to shave it's pretty much the same for me <laughs> so at a certain point it was just like forget about this i'll just uh yeah, i'll just pretty much not shave just grow a beard it's easier yeah, I wish I could say the same thing, but I can't really grow a beard. <laughs> Did you get all splotchy? Well, not only that, but uh, the first time I ever shaved, actually, I was uh, night. No, I think it was like twenty-two. Yeah, it was it really, you know, yeah. Because when I was in the military, it was like, okay, I'm not shaving anything except for skin. <laughs> yeah, for me, it like a full beard doesn't grow in, but the, like the goatee area grows in, so that's where I. Yeah, I get the it. goatee, and then I get like a five o'clock shadow the rest of the way, like always. <laughs> yeah. So of course I wonder about this because the stakes are either they get to shave off their beards or uh, Beverly Crusher gets to be a brunette, and we don't see the outcome of it. Of course, we don't see Jordy with the beard after this, like right after this episode. So who knows who won? But I want to see that that lost episode where either they all shave off their beard or Crusher's a brunette. Oh, that would be awesome to see Worf without a beard and all that. That yeah, well, would be great. But the, I, I think I think that the guys win because she could be a brunette for like five minutes and, and satisfy that deal. <laughs> you know, because she even says yeah. I couldn't I couldn't change back fast enough. So mm -hmm. she dyes her hair, walks out into you know, into the the, uh, the command deck. Everyone sees her, and then she goes back to her room and dyes her hair again. Oh, I know. <laughs> duty Saved calls. by duty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How lucky. And you can tell, she, they should have had her flip and show like four aces or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh man, I wanted them to shave off. Well, I did beards. see a spade. That's all I saw. Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> yeah. She, so, she did kind of call it like sexist though at one point because she says, oh yeah, because women, because what was it that um, he says it's like a uh, a minute ago. He said it's yeah. a sign of, of power or something like that. And she goes, yeah, and of course women can't have one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after that poker scene, we're on this orbital mining platform. I actually think this is kind of a, a cool idea that they're, they have this particle fountain where they mine things from orbit. You know, you would think there would be like a ship or something like that that would be that they would like pour into, you know, getting ready like a like a sort of like a supply line that that would or like a, a not a supply line like, a, like an assembly line or something like that where they got ships waiting for, uh, for minerals to go in. 
Like a space, it seems pretty small. Like a space cargo train. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Like the fortunate. Like the yes, fortunate. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, I get the sense is this is kind of experimental so far. They're not really ready to like ship stuff out. But what are they doing? They just dumping like space coal into space. They're polluting. <laughs> you know, like I, they, they just have this beam that I guess mines stuff. I mean, they don't really go into it. They they have some beam that just brings particles up. I don't know. They don't really talk about it much. But. It's not. It's the B plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah they, or they probably just, in this case, it's probably the C C plot. It was, yeah, they just had to get there for some reason, and this is it. So. Yeah. Interesting. They well, what it makes me think about also a little bit is uh, in the Kelvin timeline movie two thousand nine, where there's kind of this mining platform, or they're mining stuff from like way up in the atmosphere. It's the only other thing I can think of. Yeah, the, I, yeah. the concept is cool. I they just didn't. It wasn't well explained. It wasn't the focus. The focus is right. the exocomps, which we haven't seen yet, but. Which, by the way, still, you know, all these years later, look pretty cool. I think so. Um, yeah, I'll have a few things to say about them when they come on here. But I think they look really cool. And that's one of the reasons I like the episode. You can really kind of relate to them. Yeah, definitely. They, uh, a lot of TNG holds up well even today. So I guess that shouldn't really surprise me. It, it just when I saw them again, it just seemed to surprise me that they held up so well over so long a period of time. Here's the perfect opportunity. Yeah. Here, what's this? <laughs> and, and here's one, and he fits <laughs> just perfectly in that tube. Yeah, just know, kind of right? made for the tube, I guess. Yeah. You think thing. they can miniaturize them and make it smaller to go in like microfibers and all that kind of stuff? Oh, look at even uh, look at that tool. Eh. It's got a tool. Well, then if they could do that, then they can become like little doctors. <laughs> yeah. Um, nanites. Or they like could be nanites. on Magic School Bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one so one thing that I found out when I was reading about this episode that, that's kind of crazy is that for those exocomps, they actually had a puppeteer with control rods that was controlling all of their movements. And then in post-production, they just took you know the person and the rods out. So they actually had a person controlling all of those things when they're not you know in someone's arms being transported somewhere. <laughs> Thanks for ruining the magic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I love that kind of stuff because Spoiler you alert. just never would have thought of that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, but like I've watched this episode so many times that I never would have thought there was a person that was like controlling the different movements. It's kind of yeah, crazy. I would have yeah, thought it was like a remote control car. You know? Yeah, like a little remote control thing. But I so yeah. what is that thing that keeps on going back and forth? Is that they're like antennas. a sensor or something like that? Or yeah, I think of them like antennae or ears that and they're kind of expressive. <laughs> they're like, ooh, I'm looking for some information, or they're like socks so, raised eyebrow, like what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so or, it goes back and forth rapidly. So it's exci- when it's excited. <laughs> well, maybe when it's mad. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but like, oh the no, t- the antennas are moving. Run. yeah but all those touches are interesting because originally they had it as something that that didn't look kind of cute or expressive like that at all it was just kind of like a wall panel or like a terminal Um, but they decided during the production to make it kind of more relatable i like that they did that but wonder what it would have been like or how we'd feel about it if it was just like a wall panel wait so the they would just that would have been terrible i think (laughs) <laughs> what? You would have lost so much of this episode. You can't. I, I think you're not so. going to take like a whole wall panel to the Enterprise. Well, it, maybe I'm not describing it right as a wall panel, but it was definitely something that that didn't have like these shoe-like things or or you know like these expressive antennae-like things. It was just kind of plain. Yeah, but. that would that would have been bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I I prefer it the way that it came out because they're they're really cute and you care about them. Oh, Gates McFadden as Beverly Crusher. So, interestingly enough, my daughter's named after her. I've said that like a thousand times on this network, but I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> you so. should. That's great. <laughs> so, the real magic is how you convinced your wife to uh, to do that. Uh, isn't it, though? Isn't <laughs> it really? And, and I did it during a version, playing a, uh, a card game, a deck builder for Star Trek. And uh, and I, I played it off as a joke, and she agreed. So Nice. Nice. <laughs> That's like with my wedding day. And she was like, September 8th. I'm like, oh, I threw out September 8th. She was like, yeah, that works. 
Oops. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I actually threw the card down and was like, we should name our daughter that. And she's like, I like that. I went, oh, I don't know where to go from here. (laughs) That was five years ago. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Oh, there's our cute little friend. So there's the exocomp in Jordy's hands with Dr. Farallon, the alien scientist. He's got big feet. It does. <laughs> the exocomp has. They got big I feet. Just, I was just about to say, how, do you, how you can't see their feet, but I, I didn't think the exocomp. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I knew exactly what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, I guess I kind of just assigned the exocomp to be a he, too, there, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But yeah, I, so I always wondered before, like, why do they have to, like, carry it in their arms? Can't this thing just, like, fly around, but. Well, this yeah. one's broken, so. Yeah, but it came well, out. Well, no, this two, one. The, no, they haven't gotten to the point where where it's malfunctioning. This one's working. It's it's oh, it's right. just like an example for them to look at. Uh, it's probably just easier than programming it to fly. It's, be, it's because they couldn't have like a puppeteer like going down the hallway. <laughs> well, it'd probably be hard to take the puppeteer out in front of another person. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, it man, makes more gotta, sense. We now. gotta draw Jordy. We gotta draw Jordy's legs back. <laughs> yeah. So, it's gotta be like an invasion of privacy right there. Take it off its top. Well, they don't know that it's it's not real yet. yet. <laughs> it's just a tool. It's just like a tricorder, you know. Right, and right. and then Jordy's about to make a comment that screws that whole thing up and causes this episode to happen. Yeah. But it's cool that they open it up and you see the little inner workings. No, I like the way they, they like put the little windows on the side that almost mimic eyes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Random flashing lights because that's Star Trek. Yeah. So one thing they're going to mention here is that they give it a problem and then it kind of processes that and it replicates something through a micro replicator. And just the idea that there's like a little, like in addition to all this circuitry, there's like a little replicator in there is kind of amazing <laughs> that that would even be possible you know yeah what i like about it is when it's done with the tool it doesn't just like discard it it actually puts it back into the replicator well it just kind of dematerializes like in a food replicator right yeah, yeah that's, but that's uh, what I mean. yeah. you know well when you have a food replicator like or if you replicate like um i forget what what show what episodes it was they talk about putting things back uh, voyager i think talks about putting unused things back in and that I feel like that's kind of what this thing is doing to uh, mm-hmm. keep its supplies up. Like the doctor? Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but like so many other uh, sci-fi or Star Trek episodes, the, the scientist always hopes that they're farther along in this testing process than they really are. Right. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, it worked that that one time that you saw, so uh, we need to use it more. <laughs> right, we're good, we're good. And then yeah. later on, she's like, oh, this happens like constantly. They break. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like later in the episode, it's like, oh, that thing's happening again that I didn't tell you about that keeps right. breaking them. <laughs> I just I just keep ignoring that and hoping it goes away. It's like, it's like the guy at home hitting his computer, hoping it'll turn back on. <laughs> well, it's better than it's better than putting like some kind of like. Dry erase or whatever that stuff, the whiteout or on your screen. Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> Which I have seen someone do that before. And that's crazy. I was like, uh. <laughs> How did you yeah. do that? So, so one thing that's not clear to me in this is, you know, there's this alien scientist and there's this platform and all of that. Is it just something where they're hoping that the Federation will support it? It's a little unclear to me, like, what the relationship is to this and the Federation. Are they like sponsoring it? They're interested in it. They have a trade agreement. Like, what's going on? I think, yeah, it was a mining operation. Now we've moved away from that. Now, yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's I think they're trying to sell the Federation the technology. Um, maybe, but I'm not really sure either. It, it is kind of ambiguous as to what what her role is inside the Federation. Yeah, at the beginning of this episode, it's just like, Captain's Log, we're at a particle fountain, let's check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worst Captain's Log ever. <laughs> uh. Why is his feet that big? <laughs> I just noticed okay. that. I'm so, like, so well, it has, so it has to stabilize as it comes down and lands somewhere. What? Maybe? It doesn't, it's almost bigger than the Exocomp. It, exactly. It's like almost, yeah, it's like three quarters or something like that. 
Jeez. It's cute. <laughs> Character is the unit performance right. as excellent. Oh yes, it can do the job of two people for what? What was it? Nine hours or something? Oh, uh, it doesn't like matter that. anyway. It's gonna it's it it's gonna be phased out, and uh, <laughs> holograms are gonna take over its job. That's yeah. true too. I like this where it starts to go in, and it's like, forget this. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> oh, it's dark in there. I'm not. Just, I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. And you would think that they would they would bring it like have like some kind of interaction with the uh, with the exocom to you know tell it what what it's thinking or something like that, but like be able to communicate with the uh, with the user. Oh, see, then that wouldn't then they would. Oh, been and rocks. Way. Do you see rocks came out of the yes. tunnel? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that 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 in the and next the first generation. Thing he, and the first thing he grabs is the exocom. <laughs> No, forget but that the, it blew up. But, the, <laughs> yeah. but those, but but those rocks. Every time you see something like that, you can't forget that somehow there are rocks in the tunnel. Just like in yesterday's Enterprise, when the Enterprise C gets hit and there are rocks that fall from the ceiling on the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's right. There's rocks right. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah the tunnel's as, made of rocks. They used it as insulation. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, so uh, yeah, well, like you were saying, they they have no way of the exocomp telling you what's wrong with it. When my computer crashes, it gives me an error code. I might not be able to read it, but it tells me what's mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. And then no, that's a good point. They have to go to the Enterprise to hook it up to their computer. They don't have any ways of, of diagno- diagnose, uh, diagnostics yeah. where they're using them. I mean, it's that car. I mean, come good on. point. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I would expect in the future it would be like that because, yeah, I mean... I, in my job, I'm supervising people like on projects who are, you know, doing code for engineering. And like, whenever there's something that's wrong, you always have like a log or some readable information so you can figure out what's going on. So I don't know why they wouldn't have that here. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know. I'm hooking up fire alarm systems. If they didn't tell you what was wrong, they'd be useless. <laughs> so, so some, something went wrong. I hope you can figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. Good luck, guys. Good luck. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you that I mean, the floor is on fire. The, but the thing that we find out later is this has happened like multiple times. So you think like even if there wasn't some kind of like error information, she would have built that in. But anyway, we're giving her yeah. a really hard time because <laughs> she's doing something really cool here. Can't forget that. But and she's getting really beat up for it right now. Yeah. But I think like, you know, to a certain extent, like in the early 90s when they were writing this stuff, they weren't thinking ahead to those kinds of things or how that would work. But or maybe they were, and they just wanted him to be back on the Enterprise. Well, yes. Mm. That's, <laughs> oh, well, obviously, but yeah, <laughs> I'll just important. say it like, yeah. Clearly, they have no ways of testing their own equipment on their on their platform. Like, but I can I can only imagine inside the writers' room, they're like, oh yeah, we could just have this diagnostic tool, and they'll know exactly what it's saying. Well, thanks for um, ruining thirty minutes of the episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've done a diagnostic. It's sentient. There. There, that's it. <laughs> Roll credits. Jordy just caused the episode to have to happen. He said it knew it was going to blow up, so it left. Yeah. And Data's but, like, wait a second. Data's like, is that possible? I love that. Self-preservation? And, and Jordy's and this, like, no. And this and this look that Brent Spiner always gives at Data where he like looks to the side and he looks down and he's really contemplative. Hmm. Kind of like that. And then he, like, he very <laughs> angrily picks it up. <laughs> yeah. And of course, everyone's looking at him when he was walking. Yeah. <laughs> so now he's performing the diagnostic. We're getting to you know an actual diagnostic, <laughs> where you can figure out what's going on. How can that be? If the interface. Yep, and this is where we find out it fixes itself. Yep, <gasps> it burned itself, its circuitry out, and then it fixed itself. Which you would think, if it was that smart, it could find a way not to burn itself out in order to save its own life. Well, how would it do that? I don't know, but I don't lobotomize myself Just, to like, get out of a down. bad situation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like going to work. Maybe it'd have like a shutdown switch and it could turn yeah, off. Just there a, you go. Click. Or no maybe more. it's or maybe it's so smart that it knows if it does those two things, Data will find it in a diagnostic. Mm. Mm, possibly. <laughs> it's very deep, Justin. Very deep. It could just come out <laughs> flying and shaking its head no. <laughs> Or maybe that's what the ears are for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like Moss Code with ears. It's like you're supposed to know this. You programmed me. <laughs> Here's Jordy and 10 forward. I have to say, because he has a beard in this episode, every single scene I see him, I look at his beard. I can't help it. 
because <laughs> it's so rare. I don't know. I don't even like the beard, to be quite honest. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> no, I mean on him. It doesn't on, look on him. No offense to him, but it 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 just doesn't look good. I don't. I, think it's I don't fine. think it is. It's know. fine. I'm just not used to it because there's like two episodes out of 176 where he has a beard, something like that. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me. I don't know. I don't pay much attention to it. Uh, yeah, so I think this is interesting where Dr. Farallon is talking about not having a conservative streak like most scientists. Um, and I, I just wonder, you know, of course, I'm not a scientist myself, like if that's true, if most scientists are really conservative about things or really like pushing the boundaries and taking chances. Well, I, I want my scientists to be really not conservative. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you move forward without pushing you know, the limits? Well, I guess it depends on what kind of experiment you're doing. Obviously, uh, up to, like maybe a, up to a certain A-bond. point because you don't want them to do things that are just like way out there and might have very yeah. little chance of. But it's it's a good question. It was just something I was thinking about as I was. I guess watching I mean, this. they're trying to create black holes that could potentially destroy the universe. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. have at it though. Because if you do, I won't know you did it. So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so it's true. It's true. Unless you're one of those unlucky survivors. <laughs> yeah, I'm not lucky. This scene here where, where Crusher has apparently been doing some batleth practice with Worf. The first time I saw it, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, this is a little from? odd. <laughs> but I think it's meant to be a foreshadowing for Chain of Command, which comes next. And she has to have some combat experience. But at mm. first, I was like, what is this doing in this episode? Yeah, it, it does seem way out of character. Yeah. Although it's kind of cool. I want to, you know, see the deleted scene where she's fighting Worth with a bat left and holding her own, you know? Well, if she would have gotten injured, her arm would have been gone. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. So, like, this is interesting, too, because Data's asking her what the definition of of life is, which is such a broad question, and I think we don't really, can't really define it that well, but I like when Star Trek does this and asks kind of like the big philosophical questions. Well, I like I like his answer. Like, what about fire? And then she mm-hmm. tries to explain that off. But nowhere in here did her definition cover data. Also, her definition started out with animals and plants, and it's like, no, there's more than that. There's bacteria and other kinds of things that I don't know if you could call an animal or a plant. You know, but well, he says it right there. What about me? I do not grow. <laughs> I do not reproduce. Yeah, right. No, but she's just like I. Thanks for calling. You're me. unique. Well, it's funny. <laughs> she says you're unique, but Lore at this point, Lore is still out there and is going to come back in descent. So he's not really unique right now. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, then she pawns it off. She doesn't even answer the question. She's like, "You're unique." I'm like, and, and yeah. I mean, it's and? it's 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 a really it's a really tough thing to say what's alive. Like later. I think that Data is talking with, with Dr. Farallon and says, you know, you're very different from a virus. And actually, it's controversial whether a virus is alive or not. It's kind of kind of living and kind of not. So it's, it's a really, and I don't know if that's something that's evolved since this episode came out, but it's really hard to define what actually is alive. And if we, you know, do go out there and find all kinds of different organisms and create things, it's going to be hard to define it. Right. I also think it's interesting that they actually, he actually asked the question of when does life start? That mm-hmm. they kind of hit that. Yeah, because at one point he he wasn't alive, and then someone flicked a switch and he and is. He's alive, alive like, right? Is it is it really that easy? Did it really start then? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. You're welcome, Data. Hmm, that Data guy, he's fascinating. <laughs> That's what <Yeah>. she's giving. <laughs> As if she just found out. Yeah. Continues to amaze me. Back on this oh, man, orbital mining shift, station. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. Not 10 hours shift. What am I saying? Oh, 2300 to 07. <laughs> it's eight hours, right? Yeah. I mean, assuming they have a 24-hour day. <laughs> they could be like the Bajorans and have a 26-hour day. And, and then you're start. back to 10. <laughs> yeah. It is not that. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Roll credits. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Commercial break to contemplate data yep. thinking they're alive. Yeah. Mm. And this time we did, we'd have like Domino's pizza or something like that. There's like three captain's logs in here, isn't there? It's quite yeah. a lot. There's a bunch. <laughs> well, the first one, do you really count that? <laughs> Captain's log, we're in space. <laughs> we're looking yeah. at stuff. 
Here's the doctor confronting Picard about wasting her time. But Meanwhile, he's sitting somewhere randomly in space when he's supposed to be somewhere else already. Mm. I want that chair. That chair looks very cool. You like those purple chairs they have in the observation lounge? Oh, no, I'll change the color. I'm just saying. Yeah, I was about to say. You just like the headrest and all that? Okay. Really? Yeah. Because if you want that purple chair, I'll buy it for you in purple. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate Patrick. Thank you. Something wrong with a purple chair. It doesn't fit any room ever. <laughs> Unless that room, room is already themed purple. <laughs> but I don't have that room. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't go well in front of all those board games. No, it wouldn't. No, probably not. No. <laughs> so there's Data laying out his case. I always like it when they have these discussions, and, and Picard's going to actually take the time to understand whether it's a life form or not. That's one of the things I really like about him as a captain. Well, I like I like just the fact that she's very, very confrontational, that, you know, Data, you're wrong. End of story. But you know what? I think, like, one thing, confrontation can be important because, like, in that clash of ideas can come, like, you see it in the episode later, can come understanding, so... I think it's important for them to kind of like confront each other and test what they're saying in order to get to the right answer. I mean, that's kind of the scientific process or how it should be, you know? So I like that mm. they're doing that here. Yeah, no, I, I meant it legitimately. I like that she's just matter-of-factly, nope, you're wrong. You're anthropomorphizing. If it vaporizes itself, it's not committing suicide. Yeah. Although it makes me think... Like, in retrospect, was that thing committing suicide? Was it really depressed about what it was doing? Right. <laughs> this is horrible. Work, work conditions are terrible in this like, mine. <laughs> I've been sending them all these messages, but they didn't give me any language circuits, so I can't tell them that I want to do something right. else. So. <laughs> <laughs> they can't even hook me up to a computer on this ship. I got to go. Tricorders aren't alive. Now, that would have been an interesting episode. The tricorder becomes alive. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, it does, <laughs> Mr. Tricorder. <laughs> just just kind of comes walking in. <laughs> no, Jody. <laughs> then, you know, we're not sure if it's alive, so why don't we threaten to kill it? Would that yeah. work? <laughs> <laughs> and if it does nothing and dies, we're cool to use it. Make it so. It's like, yeah, that sounds good. That's such an I mean, odd make it so <laughs> moment, by the way. He's just like, yeah, let's 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 have threaten its survival and see. I mean, of course, they're not really threatening its survival, but they're trying to make it think like it's about to die. So that's really some yeah, some kind not, of test. That's not psychologically damaging. Yeah. What if during Measure of a Man they were like, okay, we're not sure if Data's really sentient. Let's see if he has self preservation. Let's just you know put him in a burning room and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Tell him to sit, and not move. <laughs> uh, okay, we're having a lot of fun with this, but I think there there is some good stuff going on here. But the way they go about it is kind of interesting. So would it know the difference? I wonder if it would know the difference if it was like in a holodeck versus an actual real uh, real life situation. I mean, not like a real life situation, but like a simulation. Would it know the difference between the three? Like an actual. Um, oh. I guess it would depend on what they what information they were fed, right? See, it's tapping right. into the computer, so if it was doing that, I think even if it was a holodeck, it, it should know, you know? I, I don't know. But. Well, it could be a holodeck where they take away the safety protocols, which is mm -hmm. very odd that you even have the ability to take away safety protocols. It, mm. it kind of is. <laughs> so there it is down this long, long tunnel, or Jeffrey's tube. It kind of looks like it has a little is, torch. Yeah, in reality, is they're probably looking at a uh, a blue screen or something like that. <laughs> like oh. probably. <laughs> oh, and I like how it, it kind of—it's almost like it's looking down the hallway, and it's like these people are crazy. They're yeah. just simulating something, so I'm gonna keep keep working here. <laughs> they don't know I know. <laughs> yeah. But they don't find out eventually. That's neener, part of the plan. Neener, neener. <laughs> <laughs> you tried to trick me, and I got you. <laughs> you know what's interesting here is that they they just I think at the end of this recall it, so it's it's working on that. It knows what it's doing, but then it's like it's still going to respond to the command to come back. I guess it makes sense. 
Came as no surprise to me. <laughs> like, yeah. She has some arrogance there, but it's it's nice that uh get to re-examine that. And then he frowns at something. What did he frown at? <laughs> now, this here is really, uh, I like a lot because basically they did like one trial and Data is like, no, I'm just going to do more trials. Maybe there's something that I missed. And it's... Uh, I don't know, it's a little strange that, that Dr. Farallon was like, well, we did it once, we know what happened. Yeah, like scientific but, process is just gone in this century. Hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it seems like she's under a lot of pressure to to, uh, to do this project and have it be successful, so she's cutting some corners. Is that look down where he's thinking? But I like this conversation he has with, with Crusher. He's trying to see if he's alone in the universe, and he forgets about his experiment. Yeah, it, it is interesting that like his his reasoning for it being so important is that there'd be someone else or something else like him. Mm-hmm. Which could lead you to some pretty bad science, by the way, just to prove your point. Mm. That's true. I mean, as a secondary thing, he doesn't say it, but he does care if a sentient life form is suffering or not. But I don't. They don't explicitly say that because not here. It seems like it comes out later at the end of the episode. We replicated a different tool. Looks like a thermometer. (laughs) (laughs) Not like complete the repairs, but... Yeah, and I love that. It it makes the repair and then replicates another tool to deactivate their fake signal. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) It's smarter than you think it is. It outsmarted us, but... (laughs) Doesn't that still just really, I mean, that doesn't really answer anything because the whole point of these these exocomps is that they were going to learn over time in order to be smarter. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you could see it as they've just gotten smart enough they can uh, tell that it's a simulation, but, I mean, it puts doubt in your mind. A fourth captain's log here. <laughs> it, put, it, puts, it puts doubt in your, in your mind, though, whether it's alive or not. So it definitely needs more study and you can't just you know send it off to its death but but i think you're right maybe we're just jumping to a conclusion here that's not warranted maybe it's just smart enough to see through that but that doesn't mean that that uh no it doesn't mean it's not alive but it just doesn't mean that it is alive you know like they had a, a, a huge irrational fear that furbies were learning like code and the cia and fbi banned them from the building but they didn't they, they just they just learned words I remember that. I remember yeah, that. You know? Yeah. But they Furbies aren't alive, trust me. <laughs> yeah, you tell the one that I smashed when it started talking and all of a sudden. <laughs> you Furby murderer. I know, right? <laughs> Man, this experiment is not going well at all. First they had an issue with power conduits, now there's some internal confinement. Like, this thing isn't going right at all. Yeah, like, the Federation should just leave at this point. Like, sorry, guys, this is clearly not what you told us it was. Yeah, just let us know when this is working for more than one day, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have a car out there taking the particles. You're not mining much. Of course, here's Jordy and Picard trying to work out the problem. Of course and they would stay there. Then they that. beam everybody. Is it just because there's not enough room in the transporter? Hey, look, it's Tracy. <laughs> yeah, they, they just—they don't really give. Like everyone else goes. Oh, he was like LaForge was doing something at the last moment, and some there was some flash, something happened, and he has to get LaForge. But it doesn't look like there's any room on that platform for two well, people. I also like people. when they when they show like a transporter platform, the light. Is how many people you can fit on it, unless that doesn't really work for the story. <laughs> yeah. Look, they had two more spots right there. Yep, in the they back. did. Yeah. <sighs> Waste. But they, but they couldn't fit on the original transporter that only had one light. Still. <laughs> See the thing. I, yeah, but but like LaForge goes to check on something, but shouldn't they have just beamed out and let the 
platform explode or something. I don't know. Well, maybe they don't want to do that. Or how about the <laughs> fact that the original platform they stood on had no bearing whatsoever on them getting back to the Enterprise's platform? Mm. It's just a mess. It's just a mess. They transport to transporter, like one pattern buffer to the next. No, just they. the Enterprise had a lock on them, so they could have stood anywhere. Mm. That is true. They could have grabbed Jordy no matter where he was standing, even if stuff was blowing up. Oh, and by the way, he's perfectly fine now. Go figure. Yeah, something <laughs> happened with some panel and he recovered, I guess. But I put up a little Maybe force Maybe they took it off that beard of his. <laughs> <laughs> it zaps him and there goes his beard. Oh, oh it's still there. It's still there. <laughs> Boy, you really don't like beards. <laughs> no, I don't like his beard. His beard. Okay, sorry. You don't Just like George's beard. <laughs> Does LeVar Burton have a beard now? I don't know. I wouldn't doubt it. I He's doing it. Reading it's Rainbow again, though. Yeah. And he was clean cut for those, wasn't he? I believe so, yeah. I yeah. mean, I haven't watched them since I was seven, but I believe so. Honestly, I don't remember watching them at that age. <laughs> I do. It was the best. I definitely watch Reading Rainbow. <laughs> it's actually one of the ways my dad got me to watch Star Trek is because the guy from oh. Reading Rainbow was in it. Uh -huh. Interesting. And they, had, and they had one where they visited the TNG set, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Very carefully. They're bouncing around ideas. How long would it take? Well, Picard and LaForge would be dead by then, so <laughs> too long. None of these work. <laughs> The exocomps can help. Yeah, program their them to explode on command. Wow. Like a photon torpedo. Yeah. It's a pretty big explosion. I must have to that plan. We tested it and it failed. Well, there's something I haven't told you about, and uh, <laughs> it didn't fail. And he's got some gray in that hair. I didn't even realize that. Hmm, or he's by beard. season six, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. getting old. But there's no gray on the top. That was, hey, that's the same <laughs> as happens. my life. It my happens. whole goatee is gray. And there's no gray up here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess, yeah. It just doesn't look, it doesn't match, so it, yeah. Now I don't match. So Jordy's, right. Jordy's beard, no good. <laughs> me, me and Riker don't match. We're no good. He's just a beard <laughs> hater. <laughs> And what do you think about me, Richard? You want me to shave? No, no, no. No, you match. You're fine. You you have oh, all the oh, right I things see. set up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so now they Beard have the, the three exocomps. So another thing I didn't realize is they, they have the three, but they actually only had two props, and then they, like, in post-production, they just added the third one. I never noticed that. I wouldn't think about it before, but actually only had two. It's like the exocomp expert. Well, I just like to look up the <laughs> trivia. I'm sorry. I find this stuff I, fascinating. I don't know any of these things. I feel <laughs> inadequate for this episode now. <laughs> no, no. It's well. It's all Larry Nemechek. It's in his. Uh, I've his locked companion. out the controls. Yeah. Da, da, da. Well, da you know what? No matter what date, no matter what data ever does, he always has the ability to take over the computer, doesn't he? Right. <laughs> they never take that away. And they always have a time to go to the conference room and talk about this. Yeah, well, they're going to talk in private. I don't know why they're not in the ready room, but they're in the observation lounge talking about it. And I actually really like this this scene because, you know, Data is standing his ground and Riker understands the gravity of the situation, but he's going to find a way around it, a compromise. And I like that he comes to that. Um, and it's kind of the thing that Picard would do, probably. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I mean, I get. I guess I get Data's point, but really, like we're we're sacrificing the life of non-Federation officers for two Federation officers. But I guess the point is, if they're not here, you can't prove they're yeah. alive. So, I don't think he he thinks it would get to that point. He just wants to force the issue so that they can save all of them. It's definitely a risk, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's still, it's also mutiny. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> which which we find throughout, whenever it happens, you know, throughout Star Trek up until recently, it's just kind of like, oh, you mutinied, but like you were right, so it's okay, we'll ignore it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we're just, yeah. just going to move right on. Like, let's let's forget it. And, you know, and, and recently it's, oh, you were right, but it still started a war, so it's your fault. 
No, no, that's okay. You're right. It's good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> no court martial, no nothing. Data was offering to go over and basically sacrifice himself because the radiation would kill him too. Wow. This means a lot to him, for sure. And now he's saying they don't have a choice and Riker and comes it, up with the brilliant solution. Yes. Maybe we should give them a choice. And instead of strangling Data, he actually comes up with an idea. <laughs> well, I'd be so furious at this moment. <laughs> He's going to find a solution, so I like that. But but Captain Devlin would have strangled Data. Let the record yeah, show. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> I would have also horribly lost that fight, but I still would have yeah. gone out swinging. I would, yeah, I would have watched uh, there with popcorn. And be like, <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> let's watch this. <laughs> I mean, we'd, we'd have. To, I'd be really relying on the fact that he doesn't want to mutiny anymore. Like, <laughs> so which one is the fake one? Which of the three is the fake one? I, I don't know. I probably can't tell because they look the same. Probably the one that blows up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's a mirror over there. I don't know. See, there's two there. They're right? real. Right. They're real. Yep. <laughs> look for the look for the two that are blinking identically. Okay. They're talking so to each other. Wait a minute. They're reprogramming my commands. Man, they're really sophisticated. <laughs> They may have an alternative solution. Oh, that's really convenient. I love that. <laughs> just in the nick of time. So really, locking out the computer meant nothing either because they just weren't going to do it anyway. Hmm. I hadn't thought about that. I usually just get caught up in this part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they were just like, no, that's, that's Still dumb. That is dumb, and I'm not yeah. doing it. Yeah. yeah, and doesn't it look like they're like, talking to each other to come up with this it plan? It does. They're like, they're like, hey, how's it going? What <laughs> yeah. do you think? Should we have an alternative solution? Oh, let's think about this. Like they're waving back and forth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we got to uh, think of something quickly or they're going to make us blow up. <laughs> of course, the people listening to this can't see that we're waving with our hands, but okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, it's two lightsabers. <laughs> so there's the three of them. <laughs> uh, Wrong show. Oh, right, 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 right. Lightsabers will never exist. No, just kidding. <laughs> well, it would actually be really easy to use a lightsaber to kill your adversary. You just have to mail it to them. Because mm. they get so hot, they would kill the holder. It's true. It's very true. <laughs> All right, so they're working on their little beam particle solution, whatever they're pumping into it. I don't know how that stabilizes things. but It makes no sense whatsoever, but it's fine. I'll I'll take it. What I like is uh, Picard's like, can we help him? And Jordy's like, nope. Like, they no. are on their own. <laughs> well, I mean, I think they, they, they had put that force field in place because there's radiation there. So if they go in there, like, they'll die. But I guess they're saying if there's anything they can do on the panel or commands or whatever. But Wasn't there something about, like, don't cross the streams or something like that? It'll make it blow up. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll just say, they looks the like particle they're... Streams? Uh, yeah, the, the streams or whatever the whatever they're using is like crossing streams and all that guy kind of stuff. Yeah. Here, Picard and LaForge come back. And by the way, you know they were on that station together. I don't think it's too often we see just the two of them together. That probably I can think of. Probably not. No, I don't. I don't think we do. The, yeah. This is a pretty cool part of the episode. I mean, it sucks that yeah. that, that one has to die, but um, the fact that that one actually chose to to uh, be the one to sacrifice itself. Sacrifice itself, yeah. I mean, I think that put puts more strength toward them like being alive and having a uh, a sense of awareness of themselves and yeah, and, and, and a sense of yeah. duty. I mean, yeah, be- because they they could have, uh, yeah, they they could have just seen like, okay, we're done, we're just all gonna die here. But they thought that it was useful for two of them to survive. So right, right. So, yeah, okay, like um, Metatrex, you have to figure out if they're alive or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in an hour or less, figure out if the exocomps are alive. Challenge accepted. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> and now Data's like, ha ha, I was right. I wish it would have worked. Sorry. So yeah. sorry. Maybe in a year or two. Yeah. If the show goes on that long, we can come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of like a cliffhanger. So. Or, you know, we... We might sell this to another race and yeah. heck with you guys. <laughs> Maybe that was a potential season eight episode that just didn't happen. Return of the Exocomps. Maybe there's a conflict between the Exocomps and the Romulans. Maybe. I don't know. 
<laughs> They're actually spies. <laughs> yeah, they did kind of just take some alien technology and plug it into their computer and be like, that's eh, cool. So they read some stuff. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> could have taken back some secrets. That could have been an interesting episode. The exocoms take over the Enterprise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Picard's going to allow it to be destroyed. Yeah. Could not allow that to happen. Of course not. He's See, like really calm for being sacrificed. He's like, I totally get it. I he's totally like, understand. Yep, no, no problem. I appreciate the risk. But you should I, cry right there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, but I would have expected in that last scene that Picard would have been like, "Now this ended up well, but you disobeyed orders. You no, took over the computer. There's Let's talk never about it. repercussions for any of that on TNG. <sighs> never. DS9, you see it sometimes, but yeah, but right, even that, it's like. Episode. The, the repercussions are always weak. Mm. Worf will never be captain. <laughs> Maybe. Not <in> the Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, of any ship. Okay, so <clears throat> we've seen the quality of life. So let's talk about our f- closing thoughts on this. Uh, Patrick, so what do you think of the episode and what are your final thoughts? Okay, so I know we were beating up the episode a bunch throughout all of that. <laughs> we're but just I having really, fun with it because yeah, we love it so much, right? I, I really enjoy <laughs> it, actually. I, I think it's it's great. But when you try, it's kind of an episode where you kind of have to like suspend disbelief for a bunch of things for it to fall into place, which isn't the worst. Um, I, like I said, I really enjoy it. I think it's cool how Data's really just looking to be not alone in the universe, um, even though I don't know if necessarily an exocomp would be considered related to Data, but he feels that way. And uh, and in such, he's he's willing to like throw away his career, which is never mentioned, in order to prove that point. Okay, yeah. what do you think, Richard? Well, it's uh, yeah, I like the episode. It's a uh, I haven't seen it in a very long time, but you know what? I actually find that this is a lot more interesting to do it this way with Star Trek fans versus if I'm showing it to the first time someone and we're just watching it and we're not commenting like because we've all seen it. And you know, just coming as as we're going along, it's it's a lot more fun and enjoyable for me. I actually like this. So, um, but yeah, uh, I absolutely love this episode. And uh, just thinking of things uh, as we're as we're watching it is uh, very enjoyable. I, I absolutely love it. I think we came up with a lot of good ideas <laughs> for other shows. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it because it was it was your first commentary, Richard, and your first as well, Patrick. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, ironically, me and Richard talked about doing a commentary, I don't know, eight or nine months ago, and it never materialized, and here it is. I Yeah, I actually, before Justin came on um, to Earl Grey, I was suggested it to him, too, that we should do a Patreon Zone, but um, it just never happened. But that's okay. We got it done, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, and it was fun. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I had a, a great time, too. I mean, when the suggestion came up, I definitely wanted to do it because the quality of life is its probably one of my favorite episodes because I always love the ones where they're kind of discovering new life, like when you see the nanites or those little beings from home soil, you know, the the ones that call the crew ugly bags of mostly water. That's what I think of them as. <laughs> but, but, I, but I like when they, they're in this situation, they don't think something's a life form and they, they're kind of discovering that it is. I like those a lot. I like the stand that the data takes. There's a lot of good things in the episode. And of course, when you're doing a commentary, there's a ton of stuff to pick apart. You could do that to any Star Trek episode or any episode of anything, I think. But, you know, I think we we had a lot of fun and I enjoyed the episode. I, I actually, to prepare for this, I had seen it earlier today and watching it again, I still enjoyed it. And it was fun to go through the episode. So I'm glad you guys enjoyed it as well. And I hope our listeners enjoyed our commentary. <laughs> even though it sounded like we picked it apart but that's okay <laughs> yeah but you know it's funny because if i if we were to do this just as a let's set up let's talk about this episode for an hour without it playing it would have come off totally different yeah i only really true, you only really true. picked it apart because you're looking at the particular scene at that moment and mm-hmm. some of the things come off funny when you can joke about it with a bunch of friends right especially when you're all seeing it at the same time yeah mm-hmm. you know yeah like i wouldn't have brought up half that stuff if we if i just watched this yesterday and then came on here just to talk about it. Yeah, definitely makes sense. All right. So <clears throat> thanks so much for joining us, Patrick. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, they can always find me on the Babel Conference. I'm also on uh, Twitter as Magic Drop 5 The one word, number uh, five is a number. And um, you can find me around the network. I sometimes am on Earl Grey with you guys. Sometimes I'll be recording with post the Edge postcards. I'm on... 
Warp 5 or my own show where I host with uh, Guinevere, um, uh, which is the Briar Patch. Uh, unfortunately, our schedule got a little messed up. She she had a little bit of an emergency, medical emergency, where she was hospitalized. But she's been a trooper, and she kept her editing up, and we should be having new episodes come out you know, regularly every other week. Um, catch me around there. So, Sweet. Okay. Awesome. So, so in other words, we will we will need to go to the Fountain of Youth in order to see you. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. All right. Well, it's been fun talking about cute exocomps, but that isn't the only thing we've been talking about here on the network. Here's what you might have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.fm, the six oh two club. I know, I I went all in. <laughs> yeah, I think uh if I if it came up short, I think there was gonna be a lot of screen caps with a lot of people. I think even on podcasts, I've been throwing it all out. Oh, this is gonna be one of the best. Trust me on this one. Yeah, Thor two, ignore that. This one will be the the bee's knees, as it were. So yeah, there was a lot of pressure. Right? I don't think just on Marvel and Taiki Watiti, uh, but on me myself with my uh, my audacious claims. Warp five. I tweeted John Billingsley last night while I was watching this episode. I'm like, I gotta admit, if I'm alone on the ship, I'm walking around naked too. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> all right. So that was like my next question, just getting that. And Brandon's already answered it, which, you know, I thought that would probably be his answer. To the journey! I always want to know, why haven't they done a Gardener Forever movie in general? I, I, for me, that's like a, such a cool go-to oh, concept. Yeah. Like, if you're going to make a Star Trek movie, get the Guardian of Forever in there. That would be awesome. And no one has ever thought that was cool enough to do yet. So yeah. we're doing it. Yeah, I mean, it never really gets reprised that much, does it? Except, obviously, in the animated series. Uh, well, you do get the Iconian gateways later, which are a similar sort of concept, aren't they? But, but not the same. Well, they don't talk back to you. <laughs> I don't think you can travel through time with those, can you? I think they're more just space. The final frontier. These are the... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Meta Trex. I'm feeling a Star Trek Stranger Things mashup where Spock starts playing with the lights on the Enterprise and <laughs> Captain Captain Kirk strings a bunch of Christmas lights around his quarters and that that's actually what happened in that episode of the Next Generation when there there those the dark matter pockets that was actually Spock just messing with him. And that's what else is happening on trek.fm. Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever uh, you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star reading and a written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are many ways for you to do that. The best place is to, uh, is to join the larger conversations in the Babel Conference, our listener group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, and it should come right up. If you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form on the website at trek.fm contact. Choose to send to a show and select Earl Grey. That will come right to us. You can also find the network on Twitter at trek.fm and on Facebook at facebook.com trek.fm. So, Richard, where can people find you? Well, uh, they could find me on the Babel Conference. I usually pop in here and there. And they can also follow me on Twitter, and my handle is xransom. Justin, where can they find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at trekfan4747, where I tweet about nothing but Star Trek. I'm tweeting out my Season 4 rewatch of The Next Generation right now. And you can also find me hanging around the Babel Conference on Facebook. Yeah, it's about time. <laughs> I know. I've, I've gotten there. Season four. It'll probably take three months, but I'm going to make my way through it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> if you'd like to help us keep all the shows uh, coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer co- uh, credits, and more. Available through our special Patreon uh, patrons website, the Patron Zone. 
It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find the details at patreon.com slash truckfm. Well, um, we'd like to take this opportunity to recognize our current associate producers, Norman Lau, Justin Ozer, and Michael Huter. Thank you for supporting Earl Grey. So join us next time for another cup of Earl Grey. Today is a good day to die! Things are only impossible until they're not. <laughs>